On with your Bali Reports, the one podcast that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether domestically or internationally. And we're hosted by three, three Marines, two combat Marines who both served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and Ray Krause, who is also a Marine but medically retired. So we're talking about issues that definitely confront America, and there is a slew of issues out there. But before we get started, let me introduce my two co-hosts. First is uh, Big Bad Joe Bitts, who is a combat Marine from Iraq, wounded in Iraq. And then there's Marine veteran Ray Krause. So how are you going, Ray and Joe? I'm good. How are you? Great, John. How are you? No, it's good. Now, there's a lot to talk about. Now, we, it was interesting when we did this. We were originally going to do it about the, um, the issues with the American military. which we still are. Where we still are. But we decided to change the topic because last Thursday, President Biden and his uh, in the White House released the, um, the his um, Afghan report, and for the twelve pages, and I read it, and it was consistently blaming the Trump administration. And that's, how were they blaming the Trump administration? Well, they said they were hamstrung by the agreement that President Trump stuck um, struck up with the Taliban in the spring of two thousand twenty. So, per your knowledge of that, is that. Like, was the extraction point when it came to Afghanistan that same ex- extraction time? No. The it, president, it was, I can't remember when the extraction date was, was there, but President Trump said it in motion. Now, whether you agree with it or not, I was kind of critical of President Trump. I thought we should have kept a presence there. Yeah. We really shouldn't have been too reliant on the Taliban. And I think, but in deference to President Trump, he was like, we've been there for 20 years. What are we accomplishing? But he put his in condition-based. Yeah. Taliban, you must do this well, if we're going to do this. Now, the Afghan report is just one thing that this administration blames Donald Trump for. I mean, he's they've been since they started their administration, he's been kind of he's like— getting the, blamed for everything. He's been a scapegoat of the Biden administration more than— you know, well, every administration always blames their predecessor, but at a certain point, you got to take responsibility. Now, a couple things came out of it. He blamed Donald Trump for being hamstrung into that agreement. But my point is, out of everything Donald Trump did, you rejected and overturned everything but this one. Yeah. Then you said the military leadership wanted us out. That's false because every military commander, whether retired or current, who was involved in Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. and I talked to a senior military commander at one of the regional commands, a combat regional command who oversees that area of the world, said, no, we wanted to keep a residual force there. And he rejected the commanders. Then the other thing is um, he said nobody nobody foretold or could predict (laughs) the collapse of the Afghan army this quick. Mm -hmm. Well, that's false because I was following it just on the open source that I get from different news sites that the Taliban were taking town after town after town. And even General McKenzie, who was then the commander of U.S. Central Command, said if we pull out precipitously the way we did Mm -hmm. or will do, the Afghan army probably wouldn't be able to stand up. So last point, but then when he pulled us out, he did it in the middle of the night, and he abandoned our European allies. They were stunned yeah. that we left without even notifying them. So at some point, President Biden, then if you go by the um, – there's a book called The Afghan Papers. It was put together by the 
Special Inspector General of Afghan Reconstruction. And what they said is there was no plan once we were pulling out. Once they fixated the date, the original date was September 11th to show this is the 20th anniversary of the war starting. We're pulling out of the 20th anniversary. Biden didn't like that because it wasn't going well, so he moved it. He made it earlier. Mm -hmm. But once he made his announcement in mid-August that we were definitely pulling out by the 29th, that they didn't even have a plan. And us three being in the military, when you do a non-combatant military operation where you evacuate civilians, the latest one before that was in 2006 when they did a non-combatant evacuation off the coast of Lebanon from because of the Lebanon's, um, excuse me, Hezbollah-Israeli war, the State Department takes the lead. They need to know who's where, who's doing what, what citizens, all the different host nationals, all the different visas. That's the State Department job. But in that Afghan reconstruction of Afghan papers, the State Department didn't have a plan even up until the time and even afterwards when President Biden made his his, um, speech to the nation, we're pulling out. So um, what I wanted to go is, like, is maybe one president more to blame than the other? Does Trump have any – is Trump's hands clean on this uh, No, there's, there's some, a little bit of dirty in the, on that because of how the, the deal was structured, but it was okay. still condition-based. The, the reason why both Republican presidents, starting with George Bush and ending with Joe Biden, is there was no clear-cut – avenue to what we were trying to accomplish now george bush took us into afghanistan and everybody supported it including joe biden Mm -hmm. but what bush did he kept a low profile limited troop because we didn't want to antagonize the afghan and duplicate what the russians did but then at the same time the war in, in iraq took place but he didn't source it correctly and then when obama took over he said this was the good war so he ramped up more troops, but then he pushed more money into the system. So they talk about the corruption of money, but we fueled the corruption by giving these individuals, these warlords, these Afghan officials, all these this money. But there was no clear-cut strategy of what we were trying to accomplish. Are we nation-building? Are we trying to establish a government? Mm-hmm. And there was no coordinated efforts. And the military has a lot to blame, too, how we trained the Afghans, how we did things. So there's nobody's hands are clean. But the one thing when the Afghan report, once it was released, nobody's been held accountable. Yeah. I mean, we all know. Except for Donald Trump. Yeah. But here's an example. (laughs) All three of us have been in the Marines. Yeah. What happens if you lose your rifle? You're freaking done. Yeah, and, any, and anybody marshal. else, anybody in the leadership position attached to you is done, done as, as well. well. Yeah. But why is it when you lose a war, nobody's held accountable? What happened to the accountability of Lloyd Austin? What about General Milley and all the commanders that were involved up until that point? What happened? How come nobody's held it? And they get promoted. Mm-hmm. Lloyd Austin got a promotion to Secretary of Defense. So. Where's the accountability factor? I mean, think about it. We lost, and I hate to be this used this term, we lost to a bunch of goat herders wearing flip-flops. Now, this had ramifications because once we uh, pulled out precipitously from Afghanistan, and Admiral John Kirby, who's this press spokesman for, used to be for the Pentagon, now he's with the National Security Council. He said, we're proud of what we did. We have some things to look be proud of on that operation. 13... Soldiers and Marines were killed. Uh, Air Force personnel 
and it wasn't officers, Air Force personnel were scraping bodies out of the wheel well of the Air Force planes landing in Qatar. So once we did this, this goes into Ukraine. I know, Ray, we've talked about Ukraine many times. Putin saw this, and he thought, oh, America is weak now. We can go into Ukraine. China's looking at it. Now, right now, China's surrounding um, Taiwan with naval forces. Are they going to look like they're going to go into Taiwan, and how would we respond? Now, it's not – you can say all you want what you would do or what you won't do, but the point is they don't see President Biden as a strong leader. Now, he's off – in Ireland going over his roots, but at the same time, we got the crisis in Taiwan. You got the French president, President Mitterrand, saying we need to decouple from the dollar and decouple from the United States. We don't want to be dragged into a conflict um, with China. Now, the French have always tried to be the big boy on the block, but they don't have the the resources and the, the gojones to back it up, meaning financially, economically, or militarily. And that this is the same thing that um, President um, Charles de Gaulle did in the late 1960s to, when he pulled out of NATO. But then you've got Brazil signing trade agreements with China, utilizing the yuan, the yuan instead of the dollar as the reserve currency. Now you got it, someone qu- typing in. Yes, I got Ramon Lopez 782 said, but you didn't. You don't mention what did Donald Trump did? He made a deal with the Taliban. He made an agreement with the Taliban, but it was I'm not saying I would agree with it. I think we should have kept reserve for, but we needed to change the whole entire mission of what we were trying to accomplish in Afghanistan. Because once we pulled out and we left this major base that was could have kept an eye on Russia, could have kept an eye on China and the other Middle East regions, we lost that capability right in the deep of the heart of the Central uh, Central Asian republics. So I disagree with Donald Trump did, but his agreement was condition based. You must do X, Y, Z. And if you don't, we will do X, Y, Z. But what what Joe Biden did, he didn't listen to his command. He said he listened to his commanders. And one of the things he said is, oh, the military commanders agreed with we should have pulled out of Bagram. No, what happened is that he gave he set the parameters, meaning he told them you're never going to get we're not going to increase troop strength. We're going to decrease. So the military commanders had to make a decision. We can't protect both bases, so let's just consolidate our forces to the embassy, I mean to the airport. But there was no plan how you were going to execute removing all these individuals. John Kirby, the um, who I mentioned earlier, said we war-gamed having to go back in to get American personnel. But okay, if you war-gamed it, why did it turn out so badly? We still have Americans well over a year later still stuck in Afghanistan. We still have Afghans who worked tirely with us. And anybody who saw that once we pulled the contractors out who supported the Afghan Air Force, that everything was collapsing. Even the Afghan commander at Bagram was stunned when he came in the next day and the Americans were gone. Hey, um, one, of the, one of the TikTokers were saying that uh, – that Donald Trump let 5,000 Taliban terrorists go free. I heard that story. Now, on that, when you do with the counterinsurgency, and this isn't me saying this, this is one of the, the counterinsurgency experts is David Kilcullen, who was the um, counterinsurgency expert from Australia who worked with David Petraeus. You're going to have to do some type of 
agreement with the counterinsurgency force like a Taliban or whoever you're fighting. Or, and from that. So you were going to have to release something. There's, there had to have been like that, whether you agree with it or not. It isn't clean. Counterinsurgency and fighting like that is not never clean. But the whole point is how we left in August. No one's faulting for us to pull out of Afghanistan. It's the way we pulled out and how we did it and how we didn't coordinate with our allies. I mean, Donald... I mean, excuse me, President Biden said he wanted to work with our allies to reestablish the, our relationships that were fractured because of Donald Trump. Well, when you pull out in the middle of the night, you never let our European allies know. You never let our Australians, our allies know. You just left, and they were left holding the bag like, what the heck is going on here? Mm -hmm. So that's a problem. But when you keep blaming the previous administration, and like I said, if you didn't like his agreement— why did you not deviate from it? And you, you made the decision on the date and the manner and everything with it. That's the problem. So this is on Joe Biden, not Donald Trump. So um, going into like our military and stuff like that, where you really wanted to kind of focus is that, I mean, how, is, uh, our, how are we uh, or in our military being affected now from what's going on? Well, a lot of it is still reeling from the Afghan withdrawal. But the other problem is, and again, I talked to the senior level commander from one of the reg combat regional commands, and he says he's getting out. He's, and he said, I spend half my day dealing with diversity, equity, and inclusion training. Mm -hmm. I talked to a person who came in the store that I work at. How's that going to win wars, John? And It's not. Okay. But I talked to a, um, a gentleman who came into the store. His son goes to the U.S. Air Force Academy. He's a junior, mm -hmm. wants to be a fighter pilot. He says, we spend most of our time on training is on diversity, equity, and inclusion training. Now, what if I know what diversity, equity, and you know inclusion is – but they don't use it against the enemy, and that is affecting them. Is that, a, is that an effective strategy? It's not, okay. because we, if you look at now, there have been different reports. There had the Heritage Foundation looked at the different branches of the service. Mm -hmm. They only found the Marine Corps as strong. They looked at the other branches, the, the, the Army, the Navy, and the Air Force, as weak or marginally proficient in what they need to do. And mm -hmm. then in 2021... There was a Marine Corps general and a, and a Navy admiral. They wanted to look at all the naval collisions they had over the last few years. And what they, they wanted to see, is this an aberration? And that culminated with the, the fire on the Bonham Richard, which has eventually been, it's going to be decommissioned and scrapped. Mm -hmm. But so they wanted to see, is this um, an aberration or is this something of a greater trend? And what they found out, and one chief, retired chief said this, we're great when it comes to diversity and equity training. But when it comes to doing our job, we're not ready. Now, the Center for Strategic International Studies found that if we went to war with China over Taiwan, within one week, we would expend all our anti-ship missiles, all our rockets, everything. We'd be done because you fire more in war than you do in peace. Mm -hmm. Then, by going to war with China over Taiwan, we would, we would win – but it would be such a pyrrhic victory, meaning we would win so badly and bloodily that we would be, it's almost a loss. We would lose two aircraft carriers and a bunch of capital ships and thousands of troops because we're not investing in the naval forces we need. We're not investing in our industrial military capacity, like building up arms. We're right now, from this report and these exercises, we're 13 years behind 
to making sure we're fully stocked. Now, we're expending a lot in Ukraine, but we're not doing anything to fix this and remedy this. Well, okay, it almost seems like, okay, and this is just me thinking this is not true. I don't have any facts based on this, but it almost seems like Russia, China, and Ukraine are all in cahoots with each other. Where like Russia's like, ooh, I'm gonna attack Ukraine, and Ukraine's like, hey, America, help us, and then America's like, okay, we'll give you all our stuff, okay, because we don't need it right now, and then China's like, oh yeah, we're gonna go after Taiwan, and then we're like, oh hey Taiwan, we want to help you, but we can't. We gave Ukraine all our stuff. The thing is, okay, Ukraine didn't do this to say, look to draw to draw America in. This is all Russia and China. What they've seen. Is as soon as you remember during the campaign, Joe Biden said Putin doesn't want to see me as president because I've been tougher on Putin. Mm-hmm. Putin actually wanted Joe Biden as president. I'm not saying he did anything like this disinformation. He really wanted a Joe Biden presidency because as soon as now think about sure. it, as soon as Joe Anybody Biden came would. in, we got rid of North Stream. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, yeah the North. I'm sorry. You're right. Keystone XL pipeline was gone. We ended American energy pendants. We gave Russia, we unlifted the sanctions of Nord Stream 2, which provided energy from Russia into uh, Western Europe. We saw that Russia hacked into our energy grid, and Joe Biden said, don't do this again, but don't hack into these XYZ. We did a massive pullout of U.S. forces from um, Afghanistan. We've kind of deep, really s- slowed the growth of our military. We're not building certain things in our military. And we're just, and it just showed weakness after weakness. And the Chinese, I mean, look, and remember, China was the one responsible for unleashing the coronavirus. And remember during the campaign, Joe Biden said, I'm going to send a team into Wuhan. He's never mentioned the origins of COVID with the Chinese leadership. Go for it, Ray. So Booster Gold 2442 said Keystone Pipeline has nothing to do with energy. It has everything to do. It's to set the parameters for energy. It's one aspect. You do that. You limit some of the pipelines they wanted to do. You um, cut back on the permitting process. You force what they've, the Biden administration's done through the SEC and the Federal Reserve, forcing banks not to loan capital to the energy companies. Now, when people hear energy companies, they automatically assume it's Exxon, Chevron, Mobil. A lot of the um, the oil producers are just your mom and pop. Mm-hmm. So when you put all these restrictions and now they're, they want to do that you have to factor in climate change before you loan out money. So when Joe Biden said during the State of the Union address, he told the energy company, I, we need to produce oil because... We're still going to use oil for the next 10 years. The energy companies are not going to invest back into their companies knowing in 10 years you're out of business. Who would? Mm-hmm. Tell me what company would invest in a company knowing in 10 years that company's out of business. It's just not going to happen. So it's not the pain, it's not all of it, but it was a start to send a signal that this administration, the Democratic Party, is anti-fossil fuel. And we're going to see prices rise now because think about it. OPEC and Russia caucuses with them is going to limit production starting next month. That's why you're seeing prices rise because now we're switching from a winter blend to a summer blend. So what does the Biden administration do? They want OPEC to produce more, and that's why they were lifted some of the sanctions against Venezuela. So we're asking other countries to produce energy 
but why we're not. So I really wanted to get him more into the, I guess there was uh, a leak or some oh, yes. classified documents released. I don't even know what they're about. I, I just know that they're releasing, you know, and then, Well, there was you know, stuff on Russia. There was stuff on Ukraine, China, okay. Israel. There's a lot there of things. There was a lot. Okay. And what, how is that impactful of, like, how is it, is it showing America what's actually going on or what's going on? It, this one was different from the Bradley Manning and the Eric Snowden. Those leaks were, they had older information, but it was also just on, um, a, I think, on our equipment type thing or our software. This one was different. This one goes to humid side. Like, when they released the classified documents, they released that we had information inside the Russian military uh, department. Mm -hmm. So now Russia knows, okay, only certain people had this information so they could whittle it down. So when you go to humid sources, you're talking people's lives here. Okay, so somebody that divulged the information to the U.S., Russia can locate who that person is. Correct. Now... Whether they're U.S. or not? Correct. Now, this is the one thing. I don't have proof on this. I'm just speculating this. I'm just saying I can just see a pattern. Until we find out who did it, and they, they, they should be able to find out if they want to find out. But I think what happened is it's probably somebody who, had, who didn't like the policy we were pursuing and decided to leak this out so maybe this would change policy. Because remember during the draft document of the abortion ruling, the Supreme Court was leaked hoping that might change the direction of how the, the, the justices were going to vote. Yeah. Remember during the, um, the first impeachment of Donald Trump or Colonel Vidman and others released doctor, they thought this phone call was very damaging and he was trying to tell the Ukrainians, if you don't do this, we're not getting this, this quid pro quo. Yeah. So they released it. It was, it was damaging to Donald Trump. So you have bureaucrats thinking they know what's best leaking this information but the damage it does is to our human so they know how we're doing things but it also shows to the world you can't trust the united states when it comes to classified materials or sources or methods because why would you speak to america knowing what you say or do or or give is going to be leaked out at some point what's the purpose of them leaking this information out what is it I just think maybe, and again, I don't have evidence to back this up. I just think they don't like a policy we're doing. Maybe they don't like what we're doing in Ukraine. Maybe they don't like what we're doing with our role with China or mm-hmm. Israel, because this was damaging to Israel, how they, the Mossad, which is the Israeli intelligence network, was getting involved in domestic protests. I don't know. If they have something against the policy, they think it would be embarrassing to the United States, but it's also damaging to our efforts overseas because now countries are going to be wary of doing anything with the United States. If you were a foreign national working with the United States, maybe against Russia or against your country, why would you join up with the United States knowing your name is going to get leaked? Mm -hmm. So this is very damaging. And the problem is we don't hold anybody accountable. We don't. We just like Eric Snow, Bradley Manning. Yeah, he was convicted, goes to prison, but Barack Obama pardoned him. Let him go. Yeah, and Snowden is what? Still on the run? He's a Russian. Uh, no, no, no. Or... Eric Snowden is still in the run in Russia. Yeah. Then you have Julian Assange. I think he's in jail, a prison out in Britain, I believe. But see, nobody's ever held accountable for their actions. They leaked, Congress leaks like a sieve. 
And then there's beyond that, there's other people who are very sloppily handling of classified material. Mm-hmm. So that's the other aspect. We are very sloppy how we do it. Now, a little thing on uh, maybe more of the domestic side is, um, well, one, um, the uh, the DEA of New York is suing Jim Jordan because he wants to subpoena him. He wants to subpoena the judge, I mean, the judge, the Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, okay. and he says he doesn't have the authority. I mean, yes, he does. You've pushed yourself into a presidential, you made a, state charge into a federal charge regarding mm-hmm. a candidate of a major political party, a former president run potentially running for president in 2024 and federal dollars have was given to the Manhattan DA. So was that money used to go after Donald Trump? There's also something about, um, uh, what we were talking about, Trying to figure out what else we got. Well, the other thing that was interesting. Oh, no. Okay, now I remember that the Biden administration, they straight up denied the fact of the raid on Mar-a-Lago. They're like, the DOJ and the FBI, they did that on their own. We had nothing to do with it. And then something comes out to saying, yeah, we had a lot to do with it. Yeah, the White House, and I can't remember where in the White House, but the White House did send information to the FBI. So that kind of counteracted counteracts what the White House is saying. So basically, Joe Biden, right now, going into re-election, is the most anti-free speech president since John Adams, Mm -hmm. and also, he's the one president going after his political opponents. Now, everybody can say when Donald Trump was running against Hillary Clinton, he said, lock her up, lock her up. He didn't go after Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So... Everybody's got to step back. Donald Trump is not above the law, but he's not below the law. Just because you don't like somebody, mm-hmm. you can't go. And this charge by Alvin Bragg, the DOJ decided not to prosecute. The SEC decided not to. The previous DA in Manhattan decided not to. But Even if- Alvin Bragg decided not to until these two um, rogue prosecutors who quit. One wrote a book about he, why we should get Donald Trump. And here's the most important thing. Alvin Bragg gets up there and says, well, I don't have to let Donald Trump know what the charges is that are against him. Yeah. Well, that violates. Well, until the 18th of December. Yeah, right? but, but see, that violates Donald Trump's constitutional rights because in the Bill of Rights, in the Constitution, it states you have the right to know the charges being brought before you. Couldn't he just expedite the trial and just kind of throw that in? And I, I would have to find out from League of Sets the case, but. They need to just realize this is going against constitutional rights. Now, think about it. If they're going after Donald Trump since he came down that escalator in 2015, what would they do to you? What would if the IRS decided to look at your taxes? If you do your taxes on your own, the IRS will probably start looking at you. Are you going to have the resources? If the IRS said you own $1,000, are you going to have the resources to fight it? No. You're going to just grudgingly pay it, swear a couple times, and move on. But is that what we want? And look what the FBI did to Catholic churches. They were trying to infiltrate Catholic churches and organizations. Is this is what we want our federal government to do? You may not be Catholic, but what if they come after you? What if they came after organizations you belong to? Well, that was another thing I heard because you 
were once Catholic. Or yeah, you, you I grew was. Up, so, but, and Biden has a certain stance on abortion, and yet he still proclaims himself as a Catholic, so does Nancy Pelosi. But just, uh, I think it was just today, or just recently, um, Walter Reed took all the Catholic uh, priests and kind of booted them from... Yeah, they said they could not, no longer do pastoral services they took a, a a secular group to to do that but that secular group can't do the pastoral services like probably give the sacrament maybe give a blessing or things like that so what kind of message is that are they sending there well they're, what they're sending a message that if you're a christian you're not welcome this is a very anti-christian administration now here's an example you had a transgender that defiled, I think, a Catholic church or a Catholic facility, the DOJ is not going to prosecute. But when it's a pro-life group or anybody who's pro-Christian defiles or does anything against pro-choice areas or groups, they're all over them. They tried to prosecute one guy because he just stood his ground. They said he threatened somebody. And it just, it seems like the justice goes to one side when it's people they support, but it goes to, it the full weight of it goes against those they don't like. So uh, before we wrap up, Ray, do we got anything that you want to maybe you know, approach John with to see if there's anything up topic? The other the last point. Good is, talk. Yeah, there you go, Ray. <laughs> the last point I want to bring up is just recently. Remember when oil prices got, uh, per barrel of oil skyrocketed? Mm-hmm. Joe Biden said if it gets below $70 a barrel – we're going to f- uh, fill the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Oil got down to, I think, the lowest is 60 to $65 a barrel. Well, now it's above 80 We didn't fill the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It's at the lowest level since 1983. Now, we're going into the summer months, and we live in Florida. We get hurricanes here. There's hurricanes hit um, Louisiana, the, the Gulf states. What happens if a hurricane goes into Louisiana? It doesn't have to be as bad as... Um, was it Hurricane Katrina? But let's say there's a disruption there. That's going to spike oil prices and the demand goes up. Since we got the Strategic Petroleum Reserves at its lowest level since 1983 when they started filling it. So that's going to be problems. We had inflation came down a little bit, but that's because the energy came down. Food prices are still high. I know some people here don't understand how much bread costs, but that's another story. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, you know, I want to defend myself on that one, okay? Here's the it's story. not, it's not okay, go. hold this on. This is the guy that went to Publix, <laughs> no, a grocery store chain. I wanna... Ray asked him, so Joe, how much does bread cost? We want to get an idea. And he's like, well, so okay. you don't know, do you? It's not, okay. I, yeah, that's just it. I don't know. It's not that I don't care what bread costs. I just grab or, it off the shelf and throw it in the car. Yeah, but and then you move I mean, on and pay I, the but bill. But I know what I need. I mean, I, like, I will go for it. <laughs> now, oh, unlike man, this bread's expensive. Unlike I need to start Joe, couponing. <laughs> both Ray and me are very conscious of what things cost. Every time I go to the grocery store, I always look at the baby formula aisle, and that was a big crisis last year. Hey, John, inflation's affecting me too, <laughs> just not as much. Uh-huh. But when I looked at the baby formula aisle, it was virtually empty just because we're not talking about it doesn't mean it went away food (laughs) prices are higher rent has gone up some things have come down but now energy prices are going back up yeah so i want to see what inflation is like in 
May for April. Well, I did pay that diesel price again. Yeah, I know. I I noticed that too when I was filling up my vehicle, and I go, "Ooh, that's a little." I mean, yeah, because I I knew kind of like what my range of gallons were, and I'm just like, "Oh, okay, this is kind of get a little too much." Because I remember maybe no more than a year ago where it was costing me over. Oh no, no, the pump would cut off at a hundred dollars. Oh yeah. yeah, and then you would have to then Two you would have to reset it and then do another <laughs> transaction. <laughs> Two transactions, <laughs> and I'm just like, because I don't know. I mean, but everybody, John, eventually you're going to get an app that you're going to go back to that tax bracket, and we're going to live happily ever after, not caring how much bread costs. But the one thing that, but the one thing is, I do understand what people are going to. I talk to people who are not political; they are worried about rent. They're worried about food prices. They're worried about gas prices, energy prices, utilities. Especially we go into the, when it gets warmer, you're going to see more brownouts because a lot more natural gas plants have come offline. That's where the utilities get most of their energy. And wind and solar has not replaced that yet. Mm-hmm. So I do talk to people, and this is what everybody's concerned about. Then I work at a law enforcement supply company. I'm not a law enforcement. Not a cop. Okay, but we sell a lot of firearms. And I've seen a lot more women coming in. And I talked, we, we had a, a woman transferred a weapon in that we were giving her back when she passes her background check. But she said, I want a firearm and I want a concealed carry firearm because I'm worried about my safety. Mm-hmm. I live by myself. I'm worried about my safety. I'm a mother. I've got two kids. So I'm. that's what I've been hearing. So these are things people are affected by. And they, they see an administration that doesn't seem to be doing anything to fix it. So I know what people are feeling. I'm st- stuck struggling, keeping my head above water, hoping I can get this podcast up. So please, excuse me, please spread the word. But it is tough out there, and it's only going to get tougher. But before we leave, Joe and Ray will talk about their podcast that they do. It gets a little more edgier. If you could only have heard what we were talking about prior to the show. Oh, yeah. This is kind of stuff we talk about on our show. So uh, listen to All American Gunslingers. Uh, We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on actually all uh, where you can hear all your podcasts. Uh, Ray and I talk about guns. We talk about whiskey. And we talk about stuff that we don't talk about here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Fast. And, uh, you know, and then, Ray, how can they go ahead and get a hold of you? Uh, they can get a hold of me at uh, raymond.aags at gmail. We can talk anything Second Amendment related, gun control. Um, we are looking at getting a building up up in. Uh, oh, we got to tell them something else. What, oh, what? Well, we got a website in the works. Yeah, we do have a website. We have an allamericangunslinger.com website coming yes. in the works. So that's going to be up soon. Um, blow it up yeah we're gonna have to blow this one up because we're gonna do gun repairs uh custom rifles gun sales gun sales instructor court or courses courses um, yeah. yeah so i mean we're, we're gonna do this one up forums podcasts videos all that stuff so uh, listen so they, up for all american gunslingers so they got a lot going on now to follow you bali reports you can go to all the streaming sites we're on facebook twitter instagram um, TikTok, obviously. Go to all your podcast streaming sites, Apple, Stitcher, Link. Uh, I was going to say Lipson. That's a gun company. No, Lipson. 
Lipson. Oh, Lipson. Okay, but yeah. go to we're all on all the streaming sites. Please let please spread the word because I would love to do this five days a week because there's so much to talk about and analyze, and we're in the process of trying to get some um, high profile individuals who are big in the national political scene to talk about constitutional law as it relates to the Trump indictment and other issues and talking about foreign policy and domestic policy. So keep following Ubaldi Reports. But until next time, keep following Ubaldi Reports. And we, we, we do this live every Wednesday, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. So keep checking out Ubaldi Reports. Till next time, keep listening.